0: Hey, guess what? It's time for Making k with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another new episode of Joey Janela's Least Favourite Internet Podcast. It's Making <laughs> k Your boys, Bryce and Dylan, that's us. Bryce, how would you describe our fans?
1: Our fans, like mm-hmm. to be honest, like, and I don't know where I got the influence for saying this, but our fans are... The, the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel mainstream geek wrestling fans.
0: Now, you know what, Bryce? I feel like that's a little hard on our fans. And I feel like anybody who would say that or who would write that in a tweet of some kind just, uh, <laughs> is just a very unkind individual He doesn't really appreciate the beauty of life itself.
1: Not at all. It's somebody who, who would go about maybe uh, searching their own name on Twitter <laughs> uh, just in case someone's made a poll comparing them to The Miz. But, Bryce... Where could we find such a poll? At making kapeb on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Boy, we are good. Anyway, hello everybody, welcome to the show. Make sure you check out our Twitter page, of course, because there's all sorts of polls to get everybody talking. Apparently, a lot of people everybody. are talking about our. A lot of people are talking about our amazing polls and our other content. It's all available on Twitter, so make sure to check us out. A little plug right at the beginning to get that out of the way. And yes, welcome to the show. We're going to be discussing pro wrestling. We're going to go back and look at some of the old angles of wrestlers that really didn't captivate the way they
1: should have. And we're going to rewrite that stuff and make it a little bit better. Isn't that right? That's exactly what we do. We take wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and worst storylines and try to make them better. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited for the one you've got today, Dylan. I'm very excited for this one. Cool.
0: Me too. I just want to make everything clear that last week, or not last, well, my last episode was on the retribution angle. Yes, That happened in the WWE recently. Uh, that was a big, I, big, big angle. I rewrote, you know, a lot of stuff going on. It was very heavy, mm. you know, very gritty, very kind of like very in your face. And I thought lots of moving parts. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it. There were a lot of moving parts. And I thought this week I'm not going to go quite as heavy, not quite as gritty, but still tell a fun, interesting storyline that should hopefully get the subject of my essay today over in the eyes of the fans now bryce <laughs> would you like to hear who i wrote an essay about
1: i would like to hear the subject of the essay
0: <laughs> the title of the essay the title of the essay is how to make test a viable superstar in the year 1999
1: yeah that's good i i, I i'm looking forward to this like see, see to be honest like um like my knowledge of test isn't isn't great to be honest like i, I know who test is like i i've seen a lot of test matches but to me like he was always just a, a kind of like a fringe kind of character and like he, he never like he, he, well, he never won a world title he never had any like really big feuds um you know and uh the, the big feuds he was a part of he was kind of just dis- disposed of by triple h but mm-hmm. you know it's um <laughs> we're gonna get that. i don't know yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure we will. But especially in 1997, like, because you know, this is this is just before I was watching wrestling. So, and uh, you know, when I started watching wrestling, Test was in T and A, not T and A, T and A, um, yes. with Albert and uh, yes. Trish Stratus, and um, that that's my earliest memories of Test. And then I really hit my um, like when when I really got into wrestling, he was doing the whole testicles thing with Stacy Keebler, and that that was weird.
0: Um,
1: yeah, but, yeah, that was he's a, it's. Uh, He's an impressive-looking guy. He uh, has like he had the size, he had the the build, and like uh, you know, he, he could have went a lot further. He definitely could have went a lot further, and uh, I'm excited to see what you do with him today.
0: Well, that was kind of the thing when Tess came in. Like he was super green. Like he was super super green. So, I think part of the problem there was that they were kind of giving him stuff to do that he either couldn't like fully do himself mm. or that just on the flip side was just uninteresting to the fans so you're like well who gives a fuck if test does this right because it's not gonna yeah. help test so like why do it you know but it's a good way to put him on tv i'm like you were cool but like if he's not learning anything then fucking who gives a shit right
1: yeah so, exactly um, i'll tell you what, 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 what one thing i do remember about test is he had a very very interesting theme song um which uh nobody <laughs> has ever known the lyrics to yes and uh, I'm i'm gonna um I'm going to play it in the podcast now. So, listen, folks. This, this is this is the opening opening verse of Tess's theme song. So that that was a uh, that that was Tess theme song from from his early days in 1999, uh, which Dwayne is going to be covering today. And like we we've um we've had a bash coming up with lyrics for this. And um, but Dwayne, I, I, I'm going to let you go first. I'm a gentleman, but like what what is your interpretation of of the lyrics to Tess theme song?
0: Okay, first of all, I'm not going to sing it because I'm a very bad singer, as you know. I have Sarah I have serenaded you by, by Moonlight, the time, and you're just not into it, and it must be simply because I'm not a good singer.
1: Excellent bass player, but um, yeah, the, 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 the vocals <laughs> didn't work.
0: Yeah. Gotta say, even the bass player is questionable at best. <laughs> I think if you look at the, some of the people I've worked with, they'll be like, I don't know if you could say he played the bass, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, he had a bass. He has a bass. <laughs> um, Alright, so it starts off, uh, the guy says, test, this is a test. Okay. I'm confident that bit's correct. That is
1: I I that, that matches my notes as well. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then it gets a little bit more muddy. So I have them like uh, come on and go and bring it on your knees. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's got the cool breeze. I think there's an extra word in there that, or that needs to go in there, so I'm not confident about that second line. You know. Uh, a cool breeze like that. <laughs> and then right and there's like Carl Jenkins going with the flow now. Bring it on <laughs> and heaven doesn't know now. It sounds like a red hot chili peppers
1: <laughs> song, but yeah. like that's that's what that's how I think it goes. Do you know what? Actually, it actually does sound like a red chili pepper song. Well, I can imagine Anthony Kidd singing that. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like give it away. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does. <laughs> oh my god, right? Uh, do you want to know what I've got? What I've written down? Yeah. So, I, I I like I said, I, I got the start exactly the same as you. Test, test, this is a test. So, that, no. that bit has to be the words. Gotta be. But then I, then I wrote it down. So, give them up, give, em, give me all your cupcakes. Give them <laughs> up, give, em, give me all your boat freaks. Yeah. Boom, I've had enough, and I want the full slice. Give it up now, give me all your dough.
0: I mean, dough doesn't rhyme with slice, though. So. I mean, but... He's he's
1: not rhyming though. He just say "Give it up, oh, right. now, give it, it up, no. Right, it's not even. It's not. It's not a song, really. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not even like technically vocals because like no one no one knows what they are. Like, is there? This is something I haven't actually looked at. But is there a uh, is there a lyric to test theme song? Let's have a look.
0: So, Bryce, you I, I hear you. You find the the lyrics to the theme tune.
1: I have actually found the actual lyrics to the, to the test theme song uh, in, the, in that brief intermission there. So I, I think, so this is uh, from, from But So th- test, test, this is a test. Um, so we got that bit right. That right. Uh, so well done us. But then it's, so officially it's, Here we go, bring your name, we can hold peace. Here we go, bring your name on the go. Freaking pull the line up and go. For the high school sock hop, give it up, because you and I know. I think you were closer. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: closer than the actual lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think those are the correct lyrics. I disagree.
1: <laughs> Freaking pull the line and go for the high school sock hop. What's that? Are you sure they didn't talk about Carl Jenkins? Because that's I what mean. I- uh, I think it is mentioned somewhere. Maybe these are the alternative lyrics. Um, yeah, but, always yeah. trying to rub Carl Jenkins out of history. This is bullshit. Pure Carl, honestly. So uh, now that we've got that um, conundrum out of the way, should, should we go into some history for Tess?
0: Let me tell you a little bit about Tess. Tess got his start in wrestling after he met Bret Hart at a restaurant. Can you believe that? I don't believe that. That that true? Yeah. Well, oh, he's a... Canadian, isn't he? Like, yeah. yeah. It's from Wikipedia, so you take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Wikipedia told me. I, by the way, I actually wrote that into my notes. So I'm like, are you sure that's what happened? Well, that's from Wikipedia.
1: Do you know that's so weird? What... I read the same thing on Wikipedia about Viscera. and like, it's like, he met Bret Hart in a restaurant, and then you know that that's why you know that's why he became a wrestler. So,
0: why? Well, it's as good enough a reason as any. That's why I became a wrestler. You know.
1: Well, yeah, it's
0: why <laughs> it's why Bret Hart became a wrestler. <laughs> he met himself. <laughs> Are you me from the future? He's like, yes, I'm Bret Hart, and I'm going to teach you how to wrestle. He's like, what? how does that work? It's a paradox. I taught myself how to wrestle.
1: And watch talking, out for the screw t- job. Like, what, 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 watch out for the what? The the, the moo job? What? what? What do you mean? And he, like, disappears into, like, the future again.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. like, what do you mean? Do you say, don't be friends with Shawn Michaels or be friends with Shawn Michaels? Oh, God, I'll never know.
1: <laughs> Whatever you do, trust Vince McMahon. <laughs> yes. Do you say, go
0: to WCW or don't go to WCW? <laughs> Get kicked in the head by Goldberg or don't Donkey. All right, that's <laughs> no he. Uh, we're talking about Test here. We're not the, the Bret Hart ones coming up. You'll 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 get your Bret Hart goodness in season three. Trust me. <laughs> but for now, we're talking about Test, who everybody loves. So he debuted in 1997 as a as a pro wrestler, and he was first on WWE television, WF mm. television, on October 25th, 1998. So there you go. A year after he debuted as a wrestler, he's on Monday Night Raw. Well, he's on Sunday Night Heat, but, you know, he's on, he's on the big show, right? That's pretty crazy for one year into the business. Yeah. Um, so on this episode of Monday Night or Sunday Night Heat, he is a bodyguard for Motley Crue. Now, I know what you're <laughs> really? thinking. I know what you're thinking. Why are Motley Crue on Sunday Night Heat? The answer to that is, I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck are Motley Crue doing on Sunday Night Heat? And do they is that need... legit? Yeah. And what the fuck do they need test for?
1: Like you could just be on something like right. <laughs> you've got you've got Motley Crue and like it's like it's like it's, like it's like it's like it's the it's the 2004 equivalent of booking like um like I don't know like what's the biggest band 2004 like know, the Killers and like putting them on like Velocity. Right.
0: Like what the like dude. Th- this is the company that fucking put Limp Bizkit at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're putting Motley Crue, who I think we can all agree are better than Limp Bizkit. Somewhat I mean, I'm not better, a yeah. I'm not a big Motley Crue fan to be honest. With you, you know, they've yeah, got
1: some good songs.
0: Man, like, what was the song I like? Doctor Feelgood. No, Doctor Feelgood.
1: That may be that.
0: Yeah, they had um,
1: Home Sweet Home as well. I think it was called Home Sweet Home. That is a very good song as well, which Limp Bizkit covered actually. So uh, there you go. Yeah,
0: well, Limp Bizkit. Anyway, we're not talking about Limp Bizkit.
1: So don't worry about. We're not Motley. talking about Motley Crue, Limp Bizkit, or Bret Hart. We're talking about Test. This is it. This is a. This is a perfect uh you know metaphor for test career because like everyone's always talking to someone else (laughs) including us
0: i can't believe you know how easy it is for me to go off on tangents and i'm already like three tangents in and we're like a paragraph (laughs) into the (laughs) the history we we need to reel it in here like test test so that was in october he was on heat so now he's on he's a wrestler i guess because he was like a fucking bodyguard for motley crue so now he's just a wrestler so in december he aligns himself with the rock and then the week after that on Raw, he has his first match on, on Raw. Uh, he teams up with The Rock to fight against Triple H and X Pac. Now, dude, that's pretty good going. Yeah. Right, your first fucking match in the company. You're teaming up with The Rock and you're fighting yeah. Triple H and X Pac. I mean, dude, it's amazing. That's
1: not the main event as well, surely. You'd think so. Yeah. On live television, because Monday Night Raw.
0: Well, Motley Crue were on at the end, so they were before. Like they were technically the main event, but you know, Motley Crue. Yeah, so and Test and The Rock, they won by DQ, but it's still a win. I mean, Test won his first match in the WWF, and it was with The Rock. He was teaming yeah. with The Rock, and he won his first match. I mean, that's pretty fucking good, right? Good start, yeah. As much as we were making fun of it, like, you know, Triple H and The Rock were going, like, they were going places in 1998, early 1999. Like, that's the fucking that's the jam. And X Pac had been around forever as well. These are hmm. big players. And test yeah. right in the middle, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. You would imagine test is just going to skyrocket.
1: <laughs> you would imagine.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you. You don't have to imagine because I'll 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 paint the picture uh, via words. In 1999, The Rock joins up with the corporation. So now test is part of the corporation because The Rock is part of the corporation. So that makes sense. Mm. And at some point, I'm not exactly entirely sure exactly when he got the name Test, but do you know why he was called Test?
1: Oh, my God. Um, no. This is a test that, for you. I, uh, yeah, that's a hell of a test. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, I, I, can't even, I can't even think of something funny. Wait, just, uh, why, why, why was he called test? <laughs> I mean, the, the fucking, the reason is pretty funny. Yeah?
0: So, because he was a bodyguard for Motley Crew. I guess he was like a roadie or something, you know? Hmm. So he would do a sign check.
1: Ah, cool, right, make check, yeah.
0: Yeah, he would do, go up to the, ma- the mic and, like, test. Test. so they called him test
1: was he like a pokemon or something he can only say his own name
0: but like you think about that man that doesn't make any sense like how, like you you're a musician you've tested that microphones before nobody goes hey it's test over there
1: yeah they don't call that that. they'll call that guy mr one two you know
0: right because everybody does it in that mm. industry that's just a thing you do right nobody's like look at that con over there fucking test his microphone Urgh. we should call him test <laughs> Like, that's why they call him Tess, because he tests microphones. Something that he would never, ever, ever do in the rest of his wrestling career.
1: Yeah. Also, he's a bodyguard. He's not even a, a rodeo or anything. But, right. Yeah. What,
0: what the fuck is any of this? So, already,
1: we're like, all right, this is
0: a great, t- typically great start. You know? <laughs> so, that's why he's called Tess. You know, uh, when you think about it, one of the... One of the worst names. Like some people get some pretty bad names these days. But being called "test" because you tested out a microphone like t- twice <laughs> early in your career, remember? So it's like,
1: unfortunate.
0: There was like a food fight one time on Thanksgiving where like somebody hit Kevin Owens in the face with a pie. What mm. if after that Kevin Owens was just called Pie Face? <laughs> pie Guy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> oh, I remember that one time you get hit with a pie. Like that's not gonna <laughs> doesn't work. You couldn't you couldn't yeah. see a world heavyweight champion called Pie Guy. No doesn't make any sense. See, but you know so what? See,
1: see, yeah. See, to be fair, like, I could imagine a world champion test because, like, it's the biggest test. You know, you're going up against a world champion who has a test. You know, that right, kind of thing. Right. That, that makes sense.
0: But if you're going up against a world champion who, before the match, is like, let me just test out the audio. In, in every <laughs> <entrance.">
1: <laughs> He's on, <done>, like, commentary. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> right?
0: your headset working? Let me... Just give me a little one, two. Okay, okay, good. That's fine. <laughs>
1: we can okay, do the match go. now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it that doesn't doesn't make any sense, right? So that's a silliness anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Tess kind of was around. He's part of the corporation, but who gives a fuck, you know? So he's part of the corporation with the rock, and this was would have been like the maybe like March, January, February, yeah, kind of beginning of, of nineteen ninety nine, right? So he's in the corporation. So that of course, you know, he had a match with The Rock against Triple H and, and X Pac in his debut match. You could probably guess what he was doing at WrestleMania. That's right. He had a tag team title shot with D'Lo Brown against Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, who were the tag team champions. No, and WrestleMania? I, yeah. WrestleMania oh. 99. I've seen this match. It's not good. <laughs>
1: I don't think I have. But I and can't I, imagine it being...
0: I love Owen Hart. I think D'Lo Brown is great. Jeff Jarrett's a solid worker. Tess, you know, infancy in his career, but still around some good guys. That was not a good match.
1: So there you go. <laughs> but like, where is, why is Lo Brown... Why What? dealer Brown, come. oh dealer Brown, does um, he sings his own theme song, right? And like to, yeah. to record to record your own theme song, surely you have to get someone in and test the microphone before you sing it. So
0: are we, we going to do Dealer Brown's music next? Yep, <laughs> I love Dealer Brown. I might do him next. So then, yeah, like another excuse to do his music.
1: He's a good, he's a good one for main kev. Yeah,
0: Brown is really good. Oh, uh, anyway, test. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> later on, well, he wasn't finished at WrestleMania. He lost a match against Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. Then later on that night, he helped. Uh, he helped Shane McMahon retain the European Championship over X-Pac. Uh, but I should I should clarify that at this point, neither Shane McMahon nor Dealer Brown were in the corporation. Okay. <laughs> Shane McMahon would later go on to join the corporation and then kind of like fired a lot of people and brought in his own boys, including mm-hmm. the Mean Street Posse. Test wasn't a big uh, fan of this, so he left shortly after Test. Or Test left shortly after Shane McMahon became the leader despite having just helped him win the European Championship.
1: Hmm.
0: And then he, Tess, went and joined the Union, which is a group that definitely wouldn't exist these days. And then <laughs> the Union split up as well. So that's the end of that. So now we're already in the middle of 1999. And it's, it's not been good so far. So this is where Tess starts to have an on-screen relationship with Stephanie McMahon. Oh, so, this leads to a match between Shea McMahon and Test at SummerSlam 1999. Where if Shea McMahon loses to Test, he will acknowledge their love, something, something, yada yada. Not, you know, what a stupid, like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Come on.
0: <laughs> Sheamus McMahon wins or keeps the European Championship at WrestleMania and then at SummerSlam fights against Test. Like, he's getting a lot of marquee matches, this guy. Yeah. Just saying. Um, so Tess wins that match despite interference from the three greatest wrestlers of all time, the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> so that means that Shea McMahon must give his blessing to Tess and Stephanie in okay. in their relations. Now, an interesting thing to note, at, that at some point, the British Bulldog hits Stephanie McMahon with a trash can, and that gives her amnesia. Right? <laughs> it's very really? important to remember that she's going to have amnesia coming up to a couple of... of Things later on that I feel like you, you know exactly where we're going. Yeah. But so she, had, so she has amnesia. So that will explain some things. Also, it should be noted that this was in 1999. By 1999, how many other people have been hit in the head with a trash can?
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at the hardcore title, <laughs> it's uh, right. you know, quite, quite a few. Steve Blackman's cutting about, you know. How many of them got amnesia? Six. Uh, six.
0: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get as number as any, right? Anyway, Stephanie McMahon has amnesia. Or does she? We don't know. She forgot. Um. (laughs) Thank you. So, Tess and Stephanie are getting along really well. Although, Stephanie has amnesia sometimes. So, they decide to have a wedding. And not only are they going to get married, but they're going to get married on WWE television. And as we all know, every single wedding that's happened on WWE programming has been off without a hitch. It went very well. Yeah, no problem. Billy and Chuck are still married
1: to this day. Yeah. Like Kane and Lita. Yeah, that, yeah. that went well. Yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a very weird one. <laughs> totally cool. Oh, all right, is fair it, enough. Is this on? Uh, is this on Raw or Heat? Oh, uh, this is on Raw. Motley Crew. On Raw. On heat. Yeah, of
0: course.
1: Aye. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Sunday the Heat's just a Motley Crew gig now.
0: <laughs> Motley Crews hanging out, drinking beers, you know. <laughs> so listen, man. You remember whenever you got married and your boss was like, dude, I know you're going to get married, but can you come into work real quick and uh, do some work? <laughs>
1: yes. Well, Every, time. Every time I ever got married, that's happened. happened. Well, you,
0: yeah. got, so you know exactly what Tess went through, because on the night of Tess's wedding, he had to go to work. He had to fight Triple H. Oh, on his wedding night? On the night of his wedding. And uh, he actually beat Triple H. Oh. Really? Although the the referee gave a really fast count just to screw Triple oh. H over. But hey, Tess still got a win over Triple H. That's pretty big. And he's about to get married. So that's pretty
1: yeah. good. Best night so, of his career, right?
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to get any better than this, right? Well. So the idea is, you know, Tess beat Triple H, but he didn't really because it was like a fast count. It wasn't like a clean win. It had yeah. no build to it because Triple H was on his way up, right? Yeah. So, like, him taking a random loss to nobody right now didn't make any sense. And it's going to make even less sense once I continue to tell you what happened later in the night. A <laughs> uh, test is about to get married to Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H appears on the big screen, and he says, hey, I want to show you guys a video of what happened uh-huh. to us over the weekend or whatever. You're going to love this test. So he shows a video where Triple H kidnapped and drugged Stephanie McMahon, uh, drove her to Vegas and uh, forced her to have a drive through wedding without her consent that m- legally married Stephanie and Triple H together. Seems totally, legit. Totally cool. Stephanie McMahon clearly was fine with this as she turned on test and aligned with Triple H. She's like, yeah. hey, the guy who drugged and kidnapped me and forced me to marry him without my consent, that's the man I love.
1: That's husband material right there.
0: Yeah. I don't want yeah. to be with the man who beat. My new husband earlier on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I want to go with the drug guy. So to this
1: day, like, see, like in k that, that is that is how it happened. That is how they got together. And like, you've yeah. got the, the authority angle from a few years ago, and they're like the happiest uh, husband and wife ever. And like in k that's how it started. Like, yeah. just just remember that. Yeah. They what's your amnesia? Yeah, oh, of course, like, Yeah, but it's, it's not like they're on national television or anything, right? You know, no, <laughs> like, but like that was silly.
0: You know? I mean, she didn't remember. It, she had amnesia.
1: Every time. But does amnesia see- mean that whenever you see like a video clip, like from when you had amnesia, you can't? It's just just blurry. Is that is that? E- is that how it happens?
0: Every time we get into uh, like a pickle on one of these stories, so we can't explain, we just be like, "Oh, you had amnesia."
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Joe
0: Janela thinks he's the greatest wrestler. Oh, he's got amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> Joe
1: Janela thinks he's a wrestler. He's got amnesia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I love this. (laughs) All right, back to test. Back to test. So this move, as you would imagine, even though it didn't really make any sense, it did wonders for Stephanie McMahon, who got a real opportunity to show off her heel work, which legitimately was very good. And Triple H, who, you know, in storyline could use his marriage to Stephanie, the boss's daughter, as a way to kind of maneuver himself into a better position in the company. And obviously to do that in real life as well. Doesn't do anything for Tess though, does it? Tess looks like a fucking idiot to be, to be blunt with you. So now Tess starts to feud with DX, but let's be perfectly honest with you guys. It's like 1999. So who is feuding with DX and coming out of that looking good? No. (laughs) You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, I remember this wedding angle would have happened in like August or like September. So we're coming close to like a year of Test having debuted. And so far, the best thing he's done is win a match with The Rock. Now we're going on to the year 2000, January 17th, 2000. Test beats the big boss man for the most prestigious championship of all time, <laughs> Hardcore Championship. Yay. He lost it on February 24th. So he had it for just over a month.
1: He that's left. a long reign for Hardcore Title.
0: Right, that sounds impressive, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, he lost it to Crash Holly, a man literally half test size.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a big
1: dude. But Crash, he weighs more. He's 400 pounds, right, Crash Holly?
0: That is true, but I mean, like, high-wise? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it would just been hard for Crash to be able to lift test up because it was low center of gravity. You know how it is. So after that, we get to the, the famous point where he, he formed a team with Albert called T mm-hmm. and A, yeah, no. um, Which stood for a Test and Albert. Very clever. Didn't go anywhere, and that was pretty much his year. Two thousand. I mean, that's that's the highlight. He formed a, He was a Hardcore champion. Formed a team mm. with Albert, and then two thousand and one, January two thousand and one. About a year later, after he won his first championship, he won another championship. In now? He won the European Championship um. from everybody's favorite wrestler, and that's not sarcasm. William Regal. Ah, our boy love william regal what a man and then he he held the belt from january till wrestlemania when he lost the european championship to eddie guerrero another fan favorite everybody loves eddie guerrero as well so here's a test working with eddie guerrero and william regal good news right yeah gotta be good things are looking up for test hooray so you would think taking the belt off test at uh, wrestlemania something good's gonna happen right you know what I mean? Must be moving up in the world. Here we go. So, yeah, well, in April, Test, so literally a year since he beat Triple H uh, ish, Test scored another win over Triple H, this time via disqualification after Triple H hit him in a chair and then put him through a table. So, bear that in <laughs> mind. All right. This man drugged your fiance, forced her to marry him instead. <laughs> And then he got so annoyed at you that he hit you with a chair, and put you through a table. Um, what? <laughs> where?
1: Yeah, where? Where is any kind of continuity here? Like you'd you'd want Test and Triple H to be enemies for life, surely?
0: But no, technically you could say Triple H. had Triple H has lost to Test twice. Yeah. Test has two wins over Triple H. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Because they're never nah. going to talk about it again. Yeah. At some point Tess won and lost the hardcore championship again, but like who fucking cares? The invasion, in my opinion, was probably the best best time Tess has ever had. Tess did a really hmm. good job with um, the invasion. So what happened was his loyalties were put to the test uh, in the, during the invasion because Stephanie McMahon was running the invasion on the WCW side. And we've been over the, the relationship that Tess and Stephanie have. It's obviously not good, right? Mm. So, of course, some people said, hey, Tess and Stephanie used to be close. Tess must be the mole in the WWE because Tess and Stephanie used to be engaged two years ago. Mm. That was okay. Like, can you imagine if all of that shit had happened to you and then your fiance, who is now married to somebody else, creates. A, 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 a position in your company that could literally destroy the company you work for. So now you're, you're like, this again? Why will she not leave me alone? And what then one life? of your co-workers yeah. turns to you and says, you still hanging out with her? You're going to be like, leave me alone. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. So the, the tests, loyalties are questions. Uh, the APA beat him up because they think he's the mole. It turns out he wasn't the mole, but to really stick it to the WWE, he joins the alliance anyway. So he may as well have been the mobile because he's still part of the alliance. Not smart. But anyway, disregard that. So after this, um, he started like doing pretty well. He was getting pushed pretty well. He beat Chris Jericho, which is impressive. And this is five months before Chris Jericho went to beat Steve Austin and The Rock in one night. You know what I mean? This mm. is in like the middle of, of 2001. Tess beats Chris Jericho, which is impressive. He beats Kian. Him and Booker T beat Kane and The Undertaker to win the WCW Tag Team Championships. Pretty impressive, although they lost them to the Hardy Boys soon after. Then he beat The Rock, well, him and Booker T beat The Rock and Chris Jericho for the WWF Tag Team Championships, only to lose them to the Hardy Boys as well soon after that. For some reason. (laughs) Uh, He beat Edge for the Intercontinental Championship. Pretty impressive. Hmm. only to lose the belt back to Edge in about two weeks in a championship unification match. And on the same night that he lost that belt, he won a immunity battle royale that gave him... If, so if the alliance lost, Test couldn't get fired. Right? Test can't be fired because he won the battle royale. Can't, can't be fired. I don't want to keep saying that, but just bear that in mind. Can't be, can't yeah. be fired. <laughs> not going to get fired. Tess will not be fired. We're almost at the end of the history, because that's pretty much it. From here, he kind of floundered back and forth, not doing a whole lot. As you remember, well, he, he was in The Un-Americans for a bit in 2002. Oh, uh, yeah, Lance Storm. Yep, Lance Storm, Christian, William Regal, all of whom did really well, except for Test. <laughs> he aligned himself with Stacy Keebler in that hilarious testicle spot. So funny. He cut his hair, so nobody liked him. He had this stupid view <laughs> with Scott Steiner in 2003 which Ah. apparently led to an angle where him and Steiner became a team. And then Mick Foley, who was like the GM or whatever, fired them both, despite Tess having immunity. So then shortly after that, they were brought back because who fucking cares. And uh, that was pretty much it. He left again, and he was away from 2005, I think, and then came back in 2006 to be part of ECW. Mm. And uh, he was released again. <laughs> Once again, despite having immunity, and he was in <laughs> TNA like briefly, and unfortunately, Test passed away in two
1: thousand and nine. Yeah, What was that? Yeah, I do remember him in TNA like he was um he was a Punisher or something in TNA, and like he came out and he's like a proper like um like I think he won the, the OSW review uh, Roydy D Magoo award, which means he's just like, like packing on the steroids, basically like you know eating them like Smarties. But yeah, they are um, delicious steroids yeah they are great They're
0: so tasty
1: yeah they shouldn't yeah. have made fruit flavored ones
0: that's that's silly like skittles <laughs> mm. yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah you, you, your point basically for this whole thing is the test wasn't used very well at all and right. like he, he barely had a chance to to kind of get himself over and stuff so uh, it's a shame it is a shame
0: well i thought he did pretty well in the invasion but like really here's a guy who they brought up too quickly and they didn't use him right like they didn't like if you look at what they i talked about in 1999 you know, he went from teaming with The Rock to being in the corporation to teaming with D'Lo Brown and helping, like, being with Shea McMahon then being against Shea McMahon and then being with Stephanie and then losing Stephanie, having a fight with Triple H but really fighting with DX and just, like, it, like none of it led to anything, you know? So I'm going to try, if you will permit me, I will try to make a, a storyline that I think gives Test a better opening kind of salvo in his career. Okay. So is
1: this from is 1999.
0: Uh, yes. So in this, in real life, they started him off in late 1998. But right. I would rather have him come in in 1999. Give him a couple more months down in developmental. You know, work on some more things. You know. Yeah. There's no rush to bring him up. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have him as a bodyguard because I like that idea. He looks big. He looks like a bouncer. He looks like a big tough dude, right? But he Mortal doesn't look like. You know, look like the rock and Triple H right there killing it on the microphone, right? Tess doesn't look like that guy. Tess just looks like a big bruiser, right? Yeah. Big tough old
1: fucking guy. So that's like football. a wardlow for uh, for modern day comparisons.
0: Exactly. Or if you wanted to, kinda like Diesel, Michelle Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. That's an old school one. See, we, we, we get them we hit them all. Yeah. Always. We know everything about wrestling. We know everything about wrestling. So uh 1999, beginning of 1999, The Rock is feuding with Mankind. He's just come out of uh, Survivor Series 98. Him and, and Mankind are trading the title back and forth. You remember what Royal Rumble in 1999 was like? Yes. He came to The Rock and uh, Mankind. Good Lord, you know, they hurt each other quite a bit. And then at some point, you know, The Rock wins the belt back off Mankind. So I think what we're going to do is The Rock wins the title off Mankind at Royal Rumble. But then he wins it back during the halftime heat show. Mm. So Mankind is the champion heading into their February pay-per-view, which I believe is called to Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, 1999. I love that Great name. So what we're gonna have is we're gonna have Tests make an appearance in that second match. It'll be the second, yeah, is it well, maybe it'll be the Rock's third match with Mankind in nineteen ninety nine. Anyway, doesn't matter. During The Rock's match with Mankind in 1999 at the Valentine's Day Massacre in a last man standing match, Test interferes to help The Rock win, okay? In real life, what happened was it was a draw, so nobody won, and then next time on Raw, The Rock beat Mankind for the belt. So I'm like, well, why why do that when I just have it at the pay-per-view, right? Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. So Test helps The Rock win the belt back. And, of course, The Rock calls Test, Test, because he's a test. If you want to get to the Rock, the champion, you gotta go through the test. You know, easy.
1: I mean, that is a much better way to name test, but you know, that's, you couldn't have made anything worse. So yeah.
0: That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. That's what you thought it was, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just,
0: you have to test yourself. That makes sense. No, it's yeah. a fucking microphone bullshit so a fucking roadie yeah <laughs> that's gotta be bullshit too i think that and the Bret hart story they gotta be fake right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's just, it's just, someone just put him in there for a laugh yeah <laughs>
0: that's gotta be some bullshit but anyway um so yes test is now you know the bodyguard for the rock then at wrestlemania of course in 1999 rock for fought austin for the championship mankind was a special guest referee so that works out perfectly you know test could try to interfere in the match on the rocks behalf but he's got beef with mankind so mankind is gonna you know stop test and austin ends up beating the rock for the championship which he really did do in 1999 Mm. so obviously from here the rock and austin are still pretty pretty hot at each other the rock is angry at Test for not helping enough in in their match so there's still a little bit of heat between mankind and test At Backlash 1999, we could have Test fight mankind in a hardcore match. You could have Test win that, but like just barely. You know what mankind's like? It's very hard to beat that guy. So, this, ironically, is kind of like Test's test. You know what I mean? Test for test, yeah. Yeah, to see if he can hang out with the guy. Like, if you can beat mankind, you can beat anybody in the WWE because that guy Mm. takes a lot to put him down, right? So, Test manages to win this very hard fought, like kind of match, but he. You know, he's not really like a face or a heel, he's like a bodyguard, right? So he's like, Hey man, I don't really care much for you, mankind, but I see exactly the kind of I know how hard that was. It takes a real man to take that kind of beating, you know, fair play. And uh shakes Mick's hand at the end of it, you know? Just as a, a real kind of like acknowledgement kind of thing, you know? But the rock isn't happy about this because the rock still pissed at mankind. Also, at the same time, backstage, Tess is starting to kind of develop a relationship with Stephanie McMahon. Mm. Hmm. But you can also kind of tell that, um, like I said, Tess kind of like a quiet, he's more of a quiet dude, you know, very serious. So he he isn't exactly like making Stephanie McMahon fall in love with him, if you know what I mean. They, They get all, the two of them get along really well backstage, but you can tell that he is more into her than she is into him, okay? Right. So he's always trying to hang out with Stephanie and stuff like this. So the Rock is double unhappy. He's like, you, y- you lost mankind. You're hanging out with this girl, who's the daughter of the boss. I- I've okay. had enough of you, tests. Plus, at the same time, this is the Rock starting to go into his fierce turn. You know, The okay. Rock's really gonna. So he doesn't really need a bodyguard. That was just kind of an angle. So the Rock's gonna say, hey man, you know, I guess I don't need a bodyguard anymore. You go do what you want today. They kind of split amicably, you know. There's no, like, anger between Tess and The Rock, but, hey, it's business, right? Bodyguard, y- you, yeah. can, you can hire a bodyguard. You can fire a bodyguard. That's the way it is. Tess gets that. Triple yeah. H also gets that. Triple H sees this. He knows a good—you uh, can say what you want about Triple H, but he can see a good thing coming. So <laughs> he decides to hire Tess to be his bodyguard, right? Mm-hmm. Tess doesn't care, right? Money is money. Doesn't matter if you're a healer or a Money is money, right? He's going to be a bodyguard. So you can have The Rock continue to kind of turn face and Triple H doubling down and being a heel. Triple H also, because he's a cerebral dude, cerebral assassin, if you will, he notices like the kind of blossoming romance between Tess and Stephanie McMahon. So if you were Triple H and you've hired Tess as your bodyguard, what would you do right
1: now? Make the move and Stephanie McMahon. Correct. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So... Triple H hit her, hit her with
1: a, a a garbage can.
0: What, you give her amnesia. Don't be ridiculous. Never remember. So Triple H can see that Test really likes Stephanie. So of course he's like, I'm gonna make the moves on Stephanie myself. You know, and she kind of like Triple H. In contrast to Test, we all know that Triple H is very good on the mic. He's very good at talking. He's very good at talking. Right. Mm. <laughs> we can all agree. You know he's kind of got this charm and this personality to him that Test necessarily might not have. So mm. he ends up winning over Stephanie McMahon. And Test is a bit annoyed. But the problem is, Triple H realizes, of course, that this annoys Test. And he uh, say what you want about Triple H, but he loves annoying people. So you know now he's employing this guy, and he's annoying her by, or he's annoying him by going out with the guard he loves, right? And Tess mm. can't do anything about it. You know, Test has to do whatever Triple H tells him to do. Because Triple yeah. H has given him a very interesting contract. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Triple H yeah. is his boss. So, yeah, you can't do it into your boss. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, really, you would think as a bodyguard, he just has to guard Triple H's body, right? But Te- mm. Triple H, of course, being a very savvy man, has written a couple of other things into the contract. So Test ends up being kind of like a, you know, a little bit more than a bodyguard. He's like, oh, really? can you go and get me this and go get me that? Or Ah, right. But sometimes he's like, stand guard in front of my, my locker room door while uh, me and Stephanie go inside. You know what I'm talking yeah.
1: about? <laughs> <It> Raise his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah,
0: but he, he just makes like Tess stick around and see all this shit that he's doing in front of right. Stephanie and Tess just has to stand there and take it, you know? You can see his little heartbreaking. And Triple H yeah. knows this. So he's enjoying this. But he also realizes that, that Tess is a really good bodyguard. He's really good as a guy to, you know, do his dirty work for him. Yeah. So uh, he's having a great time test knows that, you know, a, a job's a job. It's really annoying, but sometimes You have to deal with some real assholes. You know, he used he used to work for bands like Motley Crue and shit Some of them yeah. are assholes, right? I don't know if Motley Crue are but like, you know <laughs> You know what I mean? Like fucking sometimes in if you're a roadie, you got to deal with some assholes. See him gig right here Yeah, no so he shrugs it off plus Triple H is loads of money. So that's fair enough at the moment Steve Austin is the WWE champion. Triple H wants a piece of it. But at the moment, Austin's kind of busy with The Undertaker. The Rock also wants a piece of Austin. So Triple H says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Test can take out The Rock, and then later on, he can take out The Undertaker. That way, Triple H can just seal straight to the top. Doesn't have to worry about any of those two guys. Easy. And then he can hmm. keep focusing, hanging out with Stephanie on an annoying Test. But The Rock, of course, isn't intimidated by the idea of Test muscling in to his business because he used to work with Test. So on an episode of Raw, Rock comes out and just kind of runs down Test on the mic, as you would imagine he would, you know, the way yeah. Rock would, just to get himself over and kind of, you know, calls him calls him a Rudy Poo. Oh no! Example. Calls him a jabroni. Oh no! Oh God! You should have heard the stuff he was saying. It was ridiculous.
1: Good Lord!
0: So, like, Test in in kind of response. Is typically quite blunt and to the point. You know, he's just like, listen, man, I ain't afraid of you. You're not afraid of me. Why don't we have a match, right? Simple. And again, establishing the test isn't like, you know, he's not a wordsmith. He's just a simple bodyguard. He's like, let's just fight, you know? Yeah. So let's have a fight at the next pay per view, which is called Over the Edge, 1999. And then The Rock's like, all right, how about we sweeten the deal? You and me have a match. And then uh, whoever wins is the new number one contender to Steve Austin's championship. Doesn't that Mm -hmm. sound fair? Tess says that does sound fair. Let's do it. Obviously, backstage, Triple H, not happy about this whatsoever, since the plan was supposed to be Tess takes out The Rock and then takes out The Undertaker. The plan was not for Tess to insert himself into the title scene, because mm. if is in the title scene, Triple H isn't. That's not the way to go. That's not the way to do it at all. It's mm. ridiculous. So, he has some words with Tess afterwards. He says that it's like Tess is overstepping the boundaries, taking a few too many liberties, uh, you know. It's all fun and games whenever Triple H is making fun of Test. But if Test is trying to have a go at Triple H, that's not fair. Triple H needs to be involved. He needs to look after his own brand. And so he says, don't mess with my ship. You're the bodyguard. I'm the real man here. I'm going to pull some strings. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix your mistake. All right. So of course, Triple H is friendly with Stephanie McMahon, finds a way to pull some strings. He gets the match changed to Triple H versus The Rock. Uh, number one contendership match. Triple H, of course, is very very pleased with himself, telling Tess to make sure to accompany him to ringside and help him win this match later on that night because, you know, that's the way he does it. So Tess reveals, at, at some point, Tess reveals that, yes, Triple H is very friendly with Stephanie McMahon, but also Tess is still friendly with Stephanie McMahon too. They're still friends. So it turns out that Tess can also pull some strings, and it's now a triple threat match. Oh, with nice. test involved, the winner becomes the number one contender. It's not Triple H is pissed. He's like, now i got to look out there two fucking people. This isn't fair. The Rock doesn't mind. He's like, this is, this is all right. But uh, Triple H is pissed. He's like, all right, if this is what i got to do to be number one contender, I suppose I'll go for it. But uh, he says he's going to dock test pay. And he expects yeah. Tess to do the fevers in the match. All right. If you know what I mean? It means he wants him to lie down. It's a little lingo for you guys. Anyway, over the edge, 1999 happens. We've got our Triple Threat, The Rock, Triple H, and Test. Uh, Triple H demands that Test lay down for him, and they can end the match immediately. But, uh, of course, The Rock is like, dude, I'm here too. And he like just starts attacking Triple H. So now we have this very strange Triple Threat match where Test wants to beat up Triple H, but, you know, he also has a job to do. Triple H is the one. Remember, he gave him that very lucrative but interesting contract earlier. Mm -hmm. So Taz feels obliged to like beat up The Rock. And Triple H is is taking a step back, and he keeps intervening because Taz is either beating up The Rock too much or not enough. You know what I mean? At some point, Taz will be beating up The Rock, and then Triple H is like, no, beat him up more. Really kill him. (laughs) But then once Taz starts to beat up The Rock and goes for a pinfall, Triple H is like, no, 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 that's too far. I get the pinfall. You do the work. I, you beat him up. I'll get the pinfall. So uh, at, at the end of this, of course, it keeps going on. Test and Triple H start ha- coming to, you know, they start having words. They start, like, going after each other, beating the hell out of each other. Uh, and then The Rock takes advantage of this little skirmish between the two of them. He manages to win. He beats, yes. beats Tess, but it's because Tess and Triple H were, you know, having a little feud uh-huh. at the time. The Rock takes advantage of it. The Rock is now a new number one contender. Next night on Raw, Triple H, not happy. So he comes out and he runs down Test. talks about how useless he is as a bodyguard, how, about how The Rock cut Test out of his life. Now Triple H is going to have to cut him out of his life too because now The Rock's the number one contender. What's Triple H got? Nothing, except the smaller bank account. You know? So maybe Tess should just fire Test as well. Wouldn't that be humiliating? Or maybe it's more humiliating for Test if Triple H keeps him around so that Tess can see the one he loves hanging out with Triple H, you know what I'm mm. saying? Uh, he's really, you know, Triple H is really needling Tess, and Tess is super pissed. He, he's about to fucking beat the hell out of him. But T- Triple H reminds him that Tess can't do anything about it because Triple H is the one that employed Tess as a bodyguard. He's supposed to guard Triple H, not attack him. And if anything, Tess is in serious breach of contract by fighting him during that triple threat match. Mm. Uh, so Triple H is going to have to dock him some pay for that. So it feels right now that Triple H has, has played this game pretty well. You know, all the cards are in in his favor. Tess, he's got nothing. Doesn't know what to do. Doesn't know what to say. So he's really kind of dejected and humiliated that Triple H, like really made a dick out of him on TV. So he's kind of backstage when he finds The Rock. And The Rock tells him, listen, man, are you kidding me? You know, I've been here for a couple of years. This is exactly what DX used to do to me as well. They used to just come out and make fun of me on live TV. And what did I do about it? I did something about it. I didn't just sit here take it, right? is a tough gig, but so is Bodyguarding. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, if you if you want to succeed at it, you gotta you gotta get done and dirty, and you gotta figure some stuff out. So Rocky tells Triple H that, uh, oh, Rock tells Tess that Triple H did the same kind of stuff to him, and tr- The Rock learned how to deal with Triple H. That's all you gotta do. You gotta learn how to deal with Triple H. So, uh, during 1999, D- DX were kind of starting to fall apart. So, like, uh, X Pac was in a tag team with Kian. Billy Gunn won the King of the Ring, or you know was going to win the King of the Ring, and was gonna try to have like a solo career and stuff like this. So Test realizes that the reason he is a bodyguard for for Triple H is because Triple H always likes having people around him. Yeah. Triple H always has a group behind him, you know DX or Evolution or the Authority or whoever the fuck. There's always people around Triple H. You know Shawn Michaels, China, always. So now DX is starting to fall apart, Triple H is obviously trying to keep people around him. He's still trying to keep a click going, even if he has to pay him, but he needs people by his side, you know? So Tess like, all right, this is interesting. So one night, Triple H and Road Dogg, one of the last guys in, in DX, they're going to have a tag team match. But Tess tells Triple H Road Dogg was found backstage and he was beating the hell up. They had to take him to hospital. But if Triple H needs a tag partner, Tess is available. So, during the match, Triple H starts off, he's having a match, goes to tag in Test, but Test hops off the, the ring up and rocks, walks backstage, leaving Triple H alone in a tag match all by himself. So, obviously, you know, two against one, Triple H loses that match. He goes backstage, he's pissed, and he's like, all right, I'm going to fire you this time. I'm really going to do it. Test tells him, go ahead, go ahead and fire me. What are you going to do? Test can get work with anybody. If you look at the facts... Tess has done exactly what he said he would do, which is keep everybody away from Triple H. Mm. No, nobody's around Triple H, which is exactly <laughs> what Triple H didn't <laughs> want. So if you look at the record, Tess is a great bodyguard. Triple H is all alone. Mm. Uh, Triple H counters and said he's still pretty close to one person, Stephanie oh, McMahon. No, if no you know what him. I'm saying, he's talking about Dick and her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. That was the worst possible way I could have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a over here. I don't know if that's that's you you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs>
1: but, but He made it very clear about that line there, yeah. Listen
0: <laughs> just in, case, just in case, was there was any like amb- uh, ambiguity about the whole thing. I could get even clearer if you want.
1: No. No. No, I when a man
0: loves a woman, right?
1: <laughs> so there's BP he drugs things. her and takes her to our Las Vegas uh you know, <laughs> fight for a marriage, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Triple H's guide to sex, <laughs> just drug him, Cry the yeah. boss's daughter. You do what you want, like, this oh is a god, really short book wrestling is so weird, <laughs> anyway. All right, so. You get the, clearly a lot of animosity has been built up between Triple H and Test, so we're going to have a match SummerSlam 99, instead of Test fighting Shee McMahon for no reason we're going to have SummerSlam 99, Triple H versus Test where the score is going to be settled once and for all if Triple H wins he's going to be able to extend Test's contract for the next 10 years and he'll be able to do whatever he wants with him, 10 years but if Test wins he's out of the contract entirely and he'll have beaten Triple H which Triple H would hate. So that's like a measure of revenge right there. Uh, Stephanie gets inadvertently brought into the angle because Triple H is always trying to, you know, still get a test and really annoy him. So he's like, all right, let me sweeten the deal a little bit more. He's so confident that he's going to win that he puts Stephanie McMahon herself on the line. Whoever wins gets to date Stephanie McMahon, which is something Triple H can't technically do, but he did it anyway. SummerSlam 1999, test versus Triple H, test... You know, he's a plucky young rookie, Triple H-experienced veteran, because he's been going for quite a while by that point. So Triple H, as a heel, tries everything he can to kind of secure the match in his favor, doing a lot of cheating the way a heel would. But He's also banking on a lot of interference on his behalf, because, as I said, Triple H always has people watching him, always has a crew behind him. Mm -hmm. That's why he's so Mm. successful. And uh, so at some point, the road dog does interfere in the match to get revenge on Test, because obviously Test was the one to beat him up backstage. But there's also interference by X-Pac and Billy Gunn, who are less happy about Triple H. So this is kind of realistically going to end up having a Triple H-Billy Gunn feud. That's what that's going to lead to. Billy Gunn interferes to help test in order to get one over Triple H. Because like, if you're going to have Billy Gunn being a, a single star, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking do it. Go for it. Have him fight. Because it makes sense he would fight Triple H. They were in a group together. And Triple H was a prick. Billy Gunn's trying to be a good guy. Easy. Yeah. No rocket science. Anyway, Billy Gunn interferes. And uh, needless to say, Test ends up winning the match at SummerSlam. So now he no longer works for Triple H. He can do whatever he wants. Stephanie McMahon comes out to the ring. And Test is, like, super relieved to see her. He's won this hard-fought match. He's finally beaten his villain, Triple H. And he gets to see Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie gets on the mic and tells Tess uh, that while she likes him as a friend, she's not really interested in him romantically, right? Ooh. So, so T- uh, Triple H, you know, he's got the shit kicked out of him, but he's laughing like an idiot, you know, in the middle of the ring. He looks really fucking smug. Uh, until Stephanie tells Triple H that she doesn't like him either because he's a total asshole who essentially, <laughs> who, you know, who essentially put her on the line as a stipulation in the match. Which, you, you know, you can't really do that. Yeah. What a, what an asshole thing to do. Yeah. So he, she's like, I don't like you either. You know, I like Tess. I like Tess better than you because <laughs> you're a dick. So she slaps Triple H in the face. She gives Tess a big hug. She walks away and she takes some time off. Because, mm. you know, Stephanie McMahon, God bless her. She's a great heel. But like, you know, we'll, we'll leave her off TV for now. We don't need to muddy the waters with too many McMahons on TV. Okay. So from here you can kind of go a lot of different places because now Tess has got like a meaningful win over Triple H. And he's got a meaningful win over Mankind. He's got history with The Rock. He's been working with some of the biggest guys in the business. You know, he's, he's, he's getting experience, but he's doing it slowly while also being on TV to absorb this experience. You know what I mean? They're not pushing him straight away because he's still green and he's still learning, but he's in high-profile angles and he's doing pretty well in them. So... That's how you build a guy. You know what I mean? This is pretty much the end of the story. I have one more little caveat just for fun that I thought up right at the end. And this is a really good place to go if you wanted to. In the year 2000, I think uh, maybe late 1999, year 2000, the group uh, known as the APA became a thing. They used to be just the Acolytes. And at some point, they became the APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency. And as you know, that's a place where people can Pay the APA money for protection. Yeah. Much like a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tess joins up with the APA. The three nice. of them are collectively a little bodyguard thing. So now they can pool their talents and they make a, they make a new stable because you know I love stables. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that way you could easily have Tess go straight for like the Intercontinental Championship with like these two guys as backup. They could win the tag team titles, for example. You know, Tess, I think, would be a great mid, like, upper mid quarter. You know, so you can have them work with big guys like The Rock and and whatever. But then also work with guys like Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and stuff like this. You know, that would be the perfect kind of little angle for it. And uh, I'd like to very quickly wrap things up by saying I would call the stable with APA and test. I would call it the Test Acolyte Protection Agency Service or Tapas for short. (laughs) Tapas. (laughs) Thank you very much. I didn't see that one coming. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was so fucking pleased with that bit. <laughs> there
1: you go, tapas. T- All right. you've, you've. I was going to say something to you. you totally throw me off with that. Like, you totally, like,
0: <laughs> the fun little bit at the end.
1: <laughs> oh man, that was really good. I I, I really enjoyed the, the joke and the story. Um, Thank like you. that's um, like. I've written some notes down here just as you we're going on, so I don't kind of um, forget them. But like having him having a reason for his name, uh, you know, being test uh, more than you know. He's literally a fucking roadie and he's done a mic check. You know that that's good because uh, he has a test. He's a final test, yeah. I kind of thing, which is kind of what we originally came up with at the start of the episode. So it's not it's not rocket science, you know. So um, it's fucking, but, it's
0: more obvious than the thing they went with.
1: Exactly, exactly. So. Like, but, like, the, the Rock split was uh, good. Uh, it's amicable. And, like, obviously, like, it eventually kind of turned around to make sense where the Rock kind of has a, a word in test era and that, you know, about Triple H. um, Like, Test being hired as a bodyguard by Triple H. And then, you know, meandering that into the uh, to the kind of love storyline between Triple H and Test and, and Stephanie is fucking brilliant. You know, especially you've you got, like... Te- uh, triple h treating tess like shit and like you know rubbing it and his face he's banging stephanie you know mm. like um, when tess is clearly interested in her and like oh man that that, that was really such good. a triple h thing to do isn't it, it? really it really is i I'm actually i can picture i can picture can totally outside that locker it. room and then just like triple h like having his stupid little smile on his face as he goes into the locker room like mm. i could i could absolutely picture that and like yeah and like just uh the triple 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 threat match made sense um you know and like Tess and Triple H are, are kind of starting to combust there and like e- even in that match Triple H is ordering him around you know it, it just really picking up that whole thing you know he's a fucking dick and like the, the end where like Tess is just like you know fucking fire me I don't care that's awesome and and like the, the match as well that they went they went into where it's the um You know, it's Test versus Triple H, and if Test loses, it's he's with Triple H for ten years as a bodyguard. That's that's high stakes, and that's that's enough, plenty to get someone interested in watching that match because you want to see how it turns out. And like I I was gonna say as well, like I I wasn't sure about putting Stephanie in the line. Um, you know, it's very kind of a attitude era, and it's probably what would have happened because you know back then they just fucking hated women. But yeah. you almost lost me there, but then great review at the end where you kind of pulled it back and you got Stephanie standing up for herself. Like, fucking amazing, man. Love that. That's the bit that I didn't really get about real life
0: Stephanie and Triple H. As we covered, you know, amnesia yeah. aside, like, she watched a video of her being drugged and... yeah. Li- literally forced to be married to somebody else, and she was like, "Yep, sounds exactly. good to me." I'm yeah, like, exactly. Makes no in, sense. It like,
1: makes her look an idiot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In real life, like she probably would have said something. So, like in this angle where Triple H put her on the line, it shows that she, it, he cared more about himself than her. Um yeah. And she, you know, she would be like, "Well, I wouldn't stand for this," which she shouldn't do. You yeah. know, um, he's she
1: he's making her an object basically. Like she's exactly. on the line. Like, yeah.
0: You know, but, no, a- man,
1: that's that. that. That's, that's incredible. You, you've set, um, you set Test up for a hell of a career, especially if he gets linked up with Tapas. Uh, I love
0: just, that. I was so, so proud. And that's it's the best so part. A, it's <laughs> such a so joke, but, you know. What I like about this, and you can agree with this too, um, is that, you know, we've been doing this for a while now. We've been doing different storylines, and they're all different, you know. This Bodyguard yeah. one seemed like it would be a perfect mix for Test. It's yeah. the kind of thing that you couldn't really do with anybody else. But, like, you know, yeah. how easy would it have been for me to just come in and say, hey, Tess fights with The Rock and Triple H, and then he beats Austin for the championship, and he is champion forever. You know, that's that, I guess, would put Tess over. But it's not a fun story. It doesn't work with him. Yeah. You know, I think it's more fun to um, to to do things like that, you know. Because in my storyline, Tess doesn't end up being any champion in the first yeah. year of his run. But he looks way better than he did in real life. You
1: know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just that kind of thing you need in, in storylines in general. For not even just for wrestling, but for anything on TV, you need depth and character. Like you can't mm. just, like you say, uh, you know, test uh, wins the world championship and that's it. You know, like you know, you've got to have things that build up the character. Like in your story, you built him up as this. Um, like I, I, I don't know if sympathetic is the right word, but you know, he's he's clearly um, having his emotions toyed with, and he's just kind yes. of no selling it because you know, like you say, he's, he's dealt with dicks in the past, you know, like Motley, Motley Crew and like whoever else he's dealt with. But you know, you're you're getting that kind of like um, uh you know extra layer of his character and making people root for him, and like you know, that, that's that's what you need. And like Test exactly. never had that. Like, like I mean, as much as I hate to say it, like who rooted for Test ever? No. <laughs> he's he didn't have any that's one of the things about him, he's, he was a good, he was good in the ring, like, he he's a, not, not like, um, you know, a technical master, masterclass or anything, a, but. For, what
0: he, for, like, the height of him, and, like, he could, he could move okay, you know, he could, he was competent enough, he was he wasn't terrible.
1: He was a big like, bruiser, like, he's just a big bruiser, brawler kind of guy, yeah. like, and that's, you need those in the roster as well, so, like he would have filled that role perfectly, and, like, he could, he could easily pull off a, you know, a, a reasonably good match with anyone, like, Triple H or The Rock or whoever, so, yeah, like. It could have been good, yeah.
0: Mm, I think so. You know, and that's all it takes—like, you know, a little bit of character to understand who you're. Because who you're. again, like you look at The Rock when he came in, he was just a good guy. Like that was yeah. his gimmick. He was just a and nice everyone guy. Hated it. Nobody yeah. gave a fuck because, like, who is this guy? We don't want. We don't yeah. want to see him. We don't care. But then once The Rock got some personality, yeah, people were like, "I fucking love this guy. He's really cool," right? happens to exactly. everybody you give them a little bit of character a little bit of personality they're gonna fall all over it so that's all like and they didn't do that with test because test just came in and then blah blah blah, blah falls in love with stephanie i think it's like that whole angle they didn't build him up to that point and then they yeah. pulled the rug on out from under him to make triple h look good fair enough but they didn't do any of the tests like at all you know like that whole like he could have just taken a whole year off and nobody would have noticed
1: yeah, you can boil it right down to give them a reason to care about the character. And, like, that—that that is the simplest way of putting it. Like, I mean, to this day, like, you know, in, in WWE, there, there's so many wrestlers on the roster that I just do not give a shit about. Because it's like, why should I? Like, you know, what are you doing to make me care for these characters? Oh, oh you're putting Lana through the, the announcer's table like ten fucking times. Like, oh, that's that—that's great storytelling. Like, it's just, you know... Well, that—that that, uh, yeah. to be fair, right, did you, did you watch the Barbie series? I
0: have watched most
1: of it at this stage.
0: Okay. I I didn't really like the whole like nine table angle with Lana. I, that's stupid. The, the But the bullying angle I get because I feel like it's going to come around. The angle is going to turn out where Lana stands up to her bullies and she makes a name for herself and it's mm. very heartwarming. I think that's actually going somewhere. The problem is I feel like Nia Jax is not the kind of person to do that with because she's not good at anything yeah pretty much yeah she's not good right and yeah. lana is a weird one to use as well because i'm like i don't know if you can get that sympathy out of the audience for lana yeah given that given that you've been a heel for so long on tv like mm-hmm. you know it, it you can't really just manipulate people's emotions that quickly if it had been but somebody else i think it would work a lot better but you know like for example um yeah. to go to your point where people don't care about stuff right uh, yeah. remember whenever Jinder Mahal won the championship yes who give a fuck because who was Jinder Mahal yeah. before that he was just a big roaded up dude he had no character no personality nothing then he suddenly and, wins the championship yeah. and then once and he and no did, explanation
1: no explanation right. between 3MB right. like, and world champion like why why is he not in 3MB anymore like what happened between you know uh, A and B and, right. and you never find out and it's just like oh now he's a big you know big dude now and he's a champion that, that's it and he's got two guys that uh, help him out run matches and it's like that is literally it and there's no reason to care about him and that is a problem with wrestling and, exactly uh, you know wwe even sorry because like aw etc because storytellers but you know wwe just uh, struggle to tell a story these days uh, and there is exceptions like roman reigns yeah, yeah obviously incredible yeah. but you know it's just uh it's sad to see and that, that's exactly ruin it back to test that's exactly what happened with tests just exactly like, big dude impressive dude could have been something wasn't given a story like, just uh, you, you thrown into just, the island, the Misfit toys, the rest of them, yeah, you know?
0: You, you can't just solve that problem by, like, making him the champion, because nobody gives a fuck. Like, they need yeah. the reason to give a fuck first. Like, exactly. Again, ex- another example, if they give the belt to Steve Austin right off the bat, nobody would give a shit. Yeah, Because nobody exactly. knew Steve Austin was. But once they established who that he was, people were super excited to see him win the belt that's the anticipation that's the hook that's how you get people interested you know you build people properly you don't just land up and go here you go here's a belt work away because you're not going to get anywhere anyway exactly i feel like we're talking about gender mahal too much would you like to instead of that talk about something fun
1: would you would you um would you mean a kayfabe tambola maybe i would sir maybe i would
0: Well, let me explain it for all the folks who might have been listening to the show for the first time. First of all, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. There's oh, still yeah. a little bit more to come. What we're going to do is play a wonderful game. I, as the host of today's show, I'm going to ask Bryce to pick a letter from A to D and a number, one to four, that corresponds with a random wrestler and a random scenario. Bryce is going to make his selection. And I will reveal what he has picked and then he will have one minute to make a storyline out of the selected wrestler and the
1: selected scenario, it's a very stressful one minute for nobody apart from me. Um, but yeah, I, and, okay. and uh, yeah. If, this, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, like uh, you won't know that Dylan usually gives me the worst fucking choices, <laughs> like fucking Sean Stasiak, like the the Mountie, the the oh bloody my
0: God. What was this? Who did get last one? time? Like, who... what was it Sean Stasiak? Oh, Sean Stasiak becomes involved with Stephanie McMahon. That's what it was. Topical, yeah. <laughs> 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 all right I have, them, I have them all written down like a big google drive thing so i can see i can see all the old ones yeah um <laughs> oh boy sean Stasiak, man he bought a classic
1: classic gentleman uh, so that's the worst one yet i think but right all right give me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and, until, heard...
1: until i hear what you got for me this week but yeah, give me... this one give me four uh four c four c oh
0: dear oh no Oh my God! I think I might, lo- I think I, I, think I love you. <laughs> well, let me. That's unrelated to the podcast. I just really like, <laughs> just feel like you're just had to get
1: off my chest, you know.
0: Really enjoy your presence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you could have had. Let me run down the wrestlers you, you could have had. Okay. Right. You could have had Steve Blackman.
1: Oh, you I got, like Steve Blackman.
0: Well, tough. No Steve Blackman for you. You could have had Repo Man
1: thank god for that
0: i don't hear you talking about how much you love the repo man no <laughs> i don't but he he's a repo he steals things i love repo man he's because he's one of those like silly you know early 90s WWF yeah. but like he played it so well you're like no, oh, he just loves stealing you could have had chris jericho
1: oh see yeah. that that would have been a good one that yeah one. Like, you're, be you're I'm actually a little bit scared now because you give me two good ones here: Steve Blackman and Chris Jericho, who I haven't got. Which means the one I'm gonna get is gonna be fucking shit. Well, that's a matter
0: of opinion. Who have
1: I got Melina, Melina, okay, mm-hmm.
0: okay. Oh, it's so hard to like stifle laughter because I've seen what the. Well, let me let me tell you what you could have had when it comes okay. to scenarios. Okay. You could have had. Uh, gets in trouble for slapping a guy called Jack in a T-bar.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: That's an old callback.
1: <laughs> you peaked for that one. <laughs> if you are new to the show,
0: go back and listen to Retribution. It'll all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a, secretly an alien trying to adapt to human life and trying to figure out how to become a professional wrestler. Okay. Which, interesting, but that's a bit like Chris Tatlander. Yeah. Could have had... uh, Has an accident involving their pyro entrance. Okay. But you didn't. What did I get? I think think you got the absolute stupidest gimmick that I've... Certainly (laughs) that I've written this week. I don't know if it's (laughs) ever, but... You have to write a story in one minute about Melina, who has a new gimmick... Yeah, where she has a new gimmick, where she thinks she's a World War II fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so unspeakably happy that you picked that. You have no idea. I do not share that, that
1: <laughs> those feelings. She's uh, a, She thinks she's a World War II fighter pilot.
0: That's correct. Bryce, would you like me... <sighs>
1: Are you, are you ready? No. <laughs> no.
0: Bryce is going to have one minute to... I'm going to explain the rules very slowly so Bryce has lots of time to think this <sighs> over. Bryce is going to have one minute on the clock to try and come up with a really good explanation as to why Melina would want to be a World War II fighter pilot. And uh, I have a feeling this, this is going to be really good I'm excited, uh, Bryce. Are you ready? That's a yes. <laughs> that is a 100% go, go for yes. it. Go
1: for it. Fuck okay. it. Let's see what. Let's see what kind of bullshit I can spend here.
0: <laughs> exactly. You just got to go for it. Okay. So I'm gonna count you down from three. Okay. Here we go. Three,
1: two, one, go. All right, so Melina was an M M&M with a uh, Mercury and uh, and uh, jo- Johnny Nitro, and like she was her valet, and uh, that, that's kind of where we're starting the story. So what once um, they have a tag team match, M M&M versus whoever, and they go backstage, and Melina goes and does her own thing for a little while, and like just as she's doing that, she gets hit in the head with a trash can, <laughs> and, and she gets like she gets amnesia, and like it, it, Mer- Joey Mercury and uh, Johnny Nitro don't see this happen, you know, and it's something that they don't have a clue about. So the next week on the next week on SmackDown or whatever. Um, you know, they get um, uh, got a little promo together and they're about to go out to their match. They've got Eminem, have got another match. And, uh, you know, Join Extra's like, Hey, Melina, are you coming along? And Melina's like, uh, Yeah, okay, two seconds. I just need to go to my plane. And then Mercury and Nitro are like, What? You, you, Your plane? It's like, Yeah, my fighter jet. You know, I'm a, I'm a World War II, um you know, fighter jet pilot kind of guy. And, and they're like, What the fuck's wrong with you? And then um, that is, uh, you know. <laughs> That's it. So. I, can't, I can't think of a way to end that story
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> let me just jump jump into my jet <laughs> let me just, i'll be right there i'll be right in the arena i just have to jump into my jet that <laughs> would take me even longer to get into and drive into the arena than it would
1: to just walk Ooh. over there <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a that is a curveball you threw me there because
0: like, oh, here's the thing wait, the, last, <laughs> the last couple i felt like a lot of the storylines I was coming up with were a little bit too, like, stuff that already happened. You know, yeah. like, poking Rey Mysterio's eye out and, like, the, you know, <laughs> the pyro entrance or, you know, falls off the Hell in a Cell. Get, it gets involved with Stephanie McMahon. This is all stuff that really happened. So, I'm like, I need to write a couple that are, like, out of the box. Like nobody, cause I, <laughs> That's out of the box. Because <laughs> I honest to God, like, what are the chances you would have picked uh, the World
1: War II fighting <laughs> <laughs> Pilot One? I mean, one in four, right? <laughs> Oh, it was so good. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I'm
0: very happy about that. Listen, guys, if you enjoyed the show, please let us know. We are on Twitter at Kfabe. We're also at Gmail. Um, you can send us emails at makingkfabe at gmail.com. And if you would like to send us suggestions for tombolas, in case you liked the idea of a fighter pilot as a wrestler, or maybe you have other different suggestions, feel free to email us to him. Please and do. Check us out on all of. The- I can't.
1: I can't keep doing this every week. Like, please, please give them better suggestions. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> dude, I need them. You know, and I'll, I'll take them. Arms wide
0: open. Uh, please make sure to check us out on all of your favorite podcast hosting uh, websites. Give us a little five-star review. That really helps us a lot. We really appreciate that. Also, check us out on the YouTube. Subscribe, share. Let people know about the amazingness that is making Kayfabe. Because like we said, dude, we love doing this, but it's the response we get from the fans that is so sweet and really encourages us, really helps us come up with wonderful ideas such as a World War II fighter pilot. It really... <laughs> It really warms our heart, dude, like all seriousness, you know, all jokes aside, like it's amazing to see the kind of support that people have shown us and we love it. So, you know, that kind of stuff really helps us out. A little five star review or just even a retweet or a a like or something like that. It sounds silly. It all helps, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it like, does, and like I, I want to give a quick shout out to um, uh, our buddy Tyler, who's uh, yes. made us a, an excellent t-shirt, which we're very, very, very excited to show you guys. Um, yeah, we're going to be releasing the first ever making k5 t-shirt, um, you know, in a couple weeks now. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, you know, Tyler's design is a great, a really cool design, and, uh, you know, we're really excited to show you guys, um, you know, what it is. Yeah, we've seen, like, the preliminary designs of it so far, so it's not even, like, totally
0: finished, and uh, we don't want to brag, but uh, holy shit. It's the best T-shirt we've ever seen. Yeah. Unbelievable. Second best T-shirt. The best T-shirt I've ever seen was Bryce's mock-up design of this. (laughs) Keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter page and everything will be revealed in due time. Let's put it that way.
1: Exactly. But no, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. We've got a couple more episodes left in Season 2 coming up got uh, one next week and the week after that but yeah and then between between season two and three we're going to bridge the gap a little bit we're going to be releasing bonus episodes just to kind of bridge that kind of new year kind of a christmas kind of period and then we're going to kick right back into season three so two more episodes less than season two and then we'll um yeah we'll keep you updated on the twitter page and, and through the podcast obviously
0: yes so subscribe and, and share and let everybody know all about making kayfabe because the people need to know they need to know need to know That's it. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Yeah, make sure to check us out in the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys.